Kia ora and welcome to the One News Inside Parliament podcast. It's a weekly catch-up about the uh, political stories we've been covering here on One News. A lot of them have been coronavirus-related uh, stories lately. I'm Benedict Collins. I'm Jessica Match Mackay. And I'm Mikey Sherman. Right. And it's a lot so harder to do um, box, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Should we kick off with our highs and our lows? Mikey, um, you, you're coming to us uh, from Parliament today. What have your um, highs and lows been this week? Yeah, look, obviously um, a peak for me is uh, the move uh, in a week's time uh, to level three. I am really very much looking forward to getting out of the house with my bubble uh, and taking the children to uh, the beach for a much-deserved swim after this lockdown. Yeah, mine's kind of the same. Um, I, I guess just that a few restrictions lifting for us. Um, and also getting the MPs back at Parliament. I think that'll be good, and that will um, give us a little bit more diversity um, to our to our daily uh, grind over the last week, uh, over the last month, I should say. So uh, I think it'll be really good to have, even though it'll only be a handful of them, um, I think it'll be really good to have some MPs back walking the corridors of power. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to um, the restrictions lifting a bit, so go out and sort of support some of the local businesses in Tower and hopefully, you know, they're open to, able to open a little bit. Um, hopefully they, you know, can survive. But I think the um, highlight for me this week, <clears throat> the other day I did a story that was non-coronavirus um, related. I did a story looking at the outcome of the Winston Peters legal action um, over the, back in 2017, it, it was leaked to the media that he'd been overpaid his superannuation payments for a number of years. He was getting the single person's um, superannuation entitlements, even though he had had a partner. So finally, the ruling came out. But Winston lost on 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 all counts. Um, <clears throat> but I interviewed Eddie Eddie Clark, um, who's a law lecturer at Victoria University, for the story, and he was saying he still felt it was actually you know an important case, and it raises you know concern, privacy concerns for everyone, especially politicians, when you have senior public servants going and briefing ministers about about their political rivals you know and things highly personal matters like that and that was really interesting for me um we'd also just found out a few weeks before that crown law had come back and told me that the um the whole court case had cost 1.2 million dollars so paula bennett in that story they're calling for um mr peters to repay that i'm not sure whether you'll end up having to reimburse taxpayers much at all given that you know his his highly confidential information um, did end up in the public domain. What about about the the tough stuff, the pits this week? Yeah, well, for me, it was um, last night on the news um, in uh, May Heron's, our colleague May Heron's story, looking at those queues of people lining up trying to get food in the middle of a pandemic. Um, you know, we've done so many stories on, you know, this spiking number of people who need help to keep food on the table in New Zealand, especially in the last couple of years. Um, and it looks like that's just going through the roof. So it's, you know, uh, pretty horrific, I think, in a country which basically, you know, makes its way by exporting food around the world. Yeah, that definitely struck me this week as well. And I, I just think more generally as well, people are doing it tough at the moment, I think. I think it's almost, we've really dug it in for the four weeks and now we're facing at least another two with these tough restrictions and, and possibly longer. And I, I think a lot of people are just feeling it, are just a bit, yeah, we're on it together and we get it, but just a bit flat. And I think um, that's that's probably felt a bit like that for me this week. And I'm sure a sentiment shared by lots of others um, around the country. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree that with that sentiment, um, no doubt being shared with lots of others around the country. And I guess the roll on in terms of my pit because of that um, has to go, therefore, to um, Deborah Russell, Labour MP Deborah Russell, um, during the Epidemic Response Committee. Um, she was um, pretty much raising um, the, the, the thinking or the possibility in her mind that perhaps small business owners um, weren't prepared well enough um, for, um, you know, the struggles that they have seen during this COVID-19 downturn um, and, and perhaps saying maybe that they should um, have thought twice before uh, exiting a low-wage economy, you know. Um, so it was really interesting to see her make those sort of comments when lots of um, business owners will be struggling, as you guys say, lots of um, people losing their jobs as well and having to line up for food parcels and so on. Um, to have a government minister who is also, um, you know, um, thought to be one of the um, uh, most promising up-and-coming backbenchers from Labour, um, and who should know her stuff, um, her way around the numbers, to be making that that sort of um, ill-informed comments. And you know, you quickly had the minister who, you know, she was asking a question to in that select committee where she made those comments. The minister of finance, Grant Robertson, coming back quickly saying, oh, "I don't think that's the case. I'm not sure. I quite agree with you on that." Um, and that was quite telling. And then the Prime Minister was asked about it yesterday in the press conference and she um, reiterated the same sort of um, uh, position as the Finance Minister that she was off the mark on that one. Yeah, just to double re-emphasise, I just think you um, mistake before just said you said Minister, I think you meant MP, Government MP. Um, probably want to be minister, but um, that, that this might not have um, really helped her, her chances in that department, perhaps this week. Oh, did I? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. We'll, we'll I, carry on. We'll it, carry on. Yeah. Hey, it's been a big week, hey. So it was back on um, Monday this week. I think that the prime minister came out and sort of let us know that we're going to be um, the, the timetable for heading out of level four. Um, it was supposed to kick in, um, originally we thought, hey, the earliest it might lift would have been midnight Wednesday night, so we would have come out uh, possibly this this morning, um, but they extended it through to the end of that long weekend we've got coming up, right? What did you guys make of the um, announcement there? My feeling on that, I think, is that people have an appetite that they're willing to do a few more extra days broadly. So I think that... I think a lot of people had been prepared, yeah, we're going to have to do a bit longer. And the fact that they have to wait till the Monday at midnight or at 11.59pm um, to, to get that switch over, I think most people are like, okay, we can do that. It's an extra, it's a week from when it was announced. And I think that there is still that goodwill there. I do think that that isn't going to last forever. Um, I think that people will start to get frustrated and, and businesses are particularly hurting. But I do think in broad terms, people think, okay, a few extra days for an insurance policy, which is how the Prime Minister sold it, we can deal with that. That was my feeling. Yeah, and for, for me, when you look at those those numbers of cases we're getting each day, you know, last few days, you know, eight, five, six cases, mm. you know, you see, we've really, um, feels to me like we've kind of smashed it out of the park during lockdown and having a few more days Hey, if you can get those numbers even down, even lower, keep getting it out of the community, then then hopefully, you know, at that level three, you know, we're just not going to see it kick off again. Yeah, look, and the Prime Minister said, you know, we'll, we would only be losing two business days by um, stretching out um, the level four as, as we are doing. But someone pointed out to me 
um, and I think that they're right, is that, you know, the economy isn't a Monday to Friday, five day a week gig. It's a 24 seven um, thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that um, that's, that's entirely correct just to say that it would only be sort of two, two sort of business days when we're, when we're talking about a 24 seven economy. Um, it was interesting to note um, Aisha Viral's um, contact tracing report. Um, we finally saw the results of that and, and the holes, I guess, in um, our contact tracing system. Um, and um, for Ashley Bloomfield to say, look, you know, we're a week away from being um, at a gold standard with that. And we know how crucial that is for just jumping on top of the virus when new cases come up um, in order to sort of keep a good control over it. So. Um, it was probably also good timing in that sense um, for, for the lockdown to be extended in order to get, get to that gold standard that um, Ashley Bloomfield was talking about. And the other thing that they were also wanted to raise to get us to that level is that community testing, which I think is really interesting, going into places that could be seen as potential hotspots like your Queenstowns, like your Aucklands, and really going in and testing and saying to people who are queuing up in a, in a line, hey, do you want to do one? Um, do you want to be tested for it? Getting a whole lot of people to voluntarily take them, not with symptoms, not people who are feeling ill, but just who are out there in the community to make sure there aren't any um, underlying groups of, of people who, who have this. And I think that that will um, give everyone a bit more certainty around that as well. Um, one of the things has, that kind of has been a bit of a hotspot in that area, though, is the, is the flight crews coming in and out and that whole idea that um, we're all we're all getting these numbers down, but that flight crews are allowed to come in and out, and obviously can't take two weeks um, to quarantine every time they do a shift. So it's a really interesting um, situation where you're kind of in a rock and a hard place. Um, so I think there's there's lots of little things bubbling up that perhaps uh, a week ago you wouldn't have seen as a big issue or wouldn't have thought about as a big issue that are that are um, dominating or, or coming into the chatter a bit over this. Yeah, and those those air crews are quite possibly, you know, the most likely to get, you know, exposed to the virus, especially if they're, you know, doing international flights and stuff like that, right? right. Um, also, the, at level three, early childhood um, education in some schools up to year 10 um, will reopen for, for children of essential workers, for parents who can't keep their kids at home. You know, and there's, there's quite a bit of unease there among, you know, some centres and some schools about taking that steps and, and, and whether it's safe. Um, what did you guys make of that? Yeah, um, well, um, for example, our, our um, Kohanga Reo, which is um, Total Immersion um, Reo Māori um, Early Childhood Centre, um, is not going to be reopening under Level 3. And that is because um, a lot of the parents and, and, and the whānau within our um, Kohanga community are concerned still about the risk, even though we heard um, both the Education Minister Chris Hipkins and Ashley Bloomfield, you know, try to put parents' concerns at ease and talk about, you know, um, um, the fact that they do believe it is safe for the small numbers um, that they that they are allowing to return in terms of post-end bubbles and so on and all of the um, physical distancing um, you know, rules and that they want to bring in. I'm trying to re reiterate that it is safe, but some parents, you know, still a bit uneasy about it. And um, even, and, you know, they were saying, if there's a bug going around, usually 
um, the kohanga catches it, you know, any sort of early childhood centre would catch the bugs. And so there's still a lot of sort of weariness, I think, out there. Yeah, I found it quite interesting at that at the media conference where Chris Hipkins made the announcement um, and then cl clarified that the next day, um, talking to us and fronting up to us. I did find it interesting that the message was, look, this is safe. Um, children are less likely to spread it amongst themselves and harm, et cetera, et cetera. But then on the other hand, oh, but we're keeping it really small numbers and only a few people are able to come back to school. And I can understand how for parents who perhaps aren't um, scrutinising it and not um, hanging on every word that the minister is saying, that is a slightly uh, confusing message that they're, that they're getting. And his 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 answer when I put that question to him was, look, um, the part of the, part of the reason that it is safe is because it's those small groups and we're keeping the bubbles small and tight as well. But I also think, you know, for parents who have to go back to work, um, they, they want to know that for their children, it's safe for them to drop them off at the school gate. And I just, um, you know, I think having a look at some of the Facebook posts for schools and things like that, you want to make sure that um, schools aren't making parents feel like they can't bring their children to school if they have to go back to work. So I think there's a lot of complexities going on with this. Yeah, one of the things I was thinking about was they, they were saying in the press conference, hey, there's a low chance of, of the coronavirus coming through the front gate and getting into these early childhood education centres or all these schools. Okay, so look, okay, let's say they're right. Let's say there's a low chance. What I'm wondering about, though, is, okay, so next Tuesday is a teachers-only day, so the teachers can start preparing to, you know, run classes and stuff. So, you know, the kids will come back on Wednesday. <clears throat> Ten days later, that's when Cabinet is supposed to be deciding, basically, whether we go down to level two. And I just wonder whether that 10-day window, you know, given the coronavirus is incubation periods and stuff like that, whether that's enough time for us to, to actually know whether or not, you know, it has got into any schools or, or, or is kicking off there. I'm not sure that that window is big enough. I don't even know if you'd know, though, because um, with some schools, there's like a handful of kids going back. And that, because I think there's yep. been such the message from the principal, stay at home, stay at home. Um, I think that um, there, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know. That won't be a good test. Um, so I think you'll... You, I think some schools will have um, a few kids back, um, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be big numbers. And I think it was interesting also to, to um, hear um, the criticism um, from those in the education sector um, that they were sort of um, uh, caught by surprise in terms of um, the announcement and, and the fact that schools and ECEs would be returning in some sort of fashion under level three and, you know, that's saying that they would have preferred to have had that sort of discussion before it was announced, you know, nationwide. Um, of course, Chris Hipkins coming back saying, look, we're having the discussion now. We still have time before this um, kicks into place. So, um, you know, certainly though a fire there that the that the ministry and we saw them have to walk back a few things the next day had to put out. And you've got to say that it's the first of a couple of small little fires, I guess, um, that we've seen with um, for the government this week. You know, I um, also mentioned yesterday's um, uh, epidemic response committee. You know, we had the medical association talking about how disastrous the initial rollout of the flu vaccines were. And then you had the prime minister in the press conference just blatantly, sort of blatantly sort of um, um, rejecting that, um, which was a little bit sort of 
odd in some ways, given how vocal the criticism has been for a few weeks now about that initial rollout of the vaccine. So that was interesting. And then also kicking up there from the Medical Association about the expectation that they thought they were going to get an extra $22 million, quite a lot of money, um, to have sort of a, a miscommunication, it seems, um, occur over, you know, um, the Prime Minister sort of saying that um, there is no there is no extra money, but the Medical Association said that they um, had an understanding from the Ministry of Health that there was going to be another funding round coming for them. So um, a few little fires there for the government mm. this week. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there has been um, a few more things to, to deal with this week than perhaps in other weeks um, with people as they adjust to going back to school, to going back to normal life, getting their flu vaccines and things like that. But just one more point that I wanted to make um, on the schools is I think it just demonstrates that if we, do, if we can't send kids to school and they can't go there and, and be taught, everything falls apart. You can't, it means that parents can't go back to work. It means that um, people can't get back to their normal life. And, and I guess when you're looking at all of this, it is one of the big central things to getting our economy going again and teachers playing their part in how important they are because without kids at school, nothing else can go back to normal. So I think, um, I think that, that's, a, that's a key point that you see when you take away schools, just what happens to the, to the rest of society and to the economy. So there's my, my moment of philosophy this morning. Yeah. I also have a final point on schools, actually. Final, <laughs> um, final point, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> just, just on final points. Yeah. I, I do feel for those parents who, um, you know, as I mentioned, there are still a number of people who are worried about this virus. I feel for the parents who, under Level 3, are having to return to work because um, their businesses are now up and running, their companies are now up and running, and they have to send their kids to school the time when maybe they're not ready to do that, but they are having to do that because if they don't go back to work, they may risk losing their job and their livelihoods. At the same time, they'll be nervous about sending their children back, as many parents are, from sending their children back to school or ECE. So it's got to be a rough one too to, to deal with for some parents. Hey, now it wouldn't be a um, political podcast without a bit of controversy. And uh, Simon Bridges um, surely stoked some of that this week with a um, with a Facebook post of a of a press release he put out um, critical of the government and its uh, actions or, or or lack of action during lockdown. Um, and it, it really kicked off on um, Facebook some furious criticism there. Jess, you talked about it um, the other night in the news. What what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean. It was one of those things that you, I kind of got alerted to it early on and you had a look at it and it was a political post basically with Simon Bridges saying, oh look, the government hasn't done its homework um, to get us out of, of level four quick enough. A pretty, you know, going through saying we like Australia, um, you know, critical of the government, doing what an opposition can do. And you kind of kept an eye on it throughout the day and it just slowly crept up and up and up in the number of comments and really fiery comments. And um, I'm not, I haven't actually checked it today, but it but 20, in 24 hours, it got 24,000 um, comments, and, and that's a lot. Um, I checked with our um, online reporter, uh, Anna White, and um, just to see in the scale of things, um, it was a very clever suggestion by Benedict to go and do that, and she was like, that's huge for a written piece. So there was that, and, and I think from people claiming themselves to be National Party supporters, it just wasn't something that um, had earned them a lot, of, a lot of support and a lot of votes, and I just think that um, 
it was just not reading the room right and and putting up a post like that when when people aren't aren't feeling the same way and it just sparked off now you've got to be a little bit careful with that kind of stuff online but i do think that it just shows when you don't get it right you really get slammed for it and then it drove this twitter chatter yesterday about leadership and led to paula bennett and mark mitchell putting out these tweets saying they support the leader so it just really was a i don't know i think in a normal situation you would have it would have gone pretty unnoticed great political post opposing the government from simon bridges shot yeah, yeah. but just in, it's it's an extraordinary circumstance and, and he just got a lot of response I, uh, and I think you'd be, um, it'd be brave to try and roll um, roll your leader during a pandemic, during lockdown. Um, uh, you know, and, and for me, Simon Bridges, in the last few weeks, has you know his criticisms of the government have really come off the back of you know public health experts like Sir David Skeg kind of raising issues. For me, Simon Bridges has been really focusing in on those, you know, like legitimate areas to sort of question and. Uh, question the government's response today. Yeah, and I guess it just shows that there's um, um, little public tolerance at this point. Um, you know, you know, when we're dealing with such a big health crisis, um, obviously there's just little public tolerance for any sort of criticism. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, actually. Um, you know, because it is, it is, it is important to have the opposition there to hold the government to account and so on. And hey, maybe those large numbers of comments is just a reflection of the fact that everybody is at home in lockdown and everybody is, you know, on their computers and having a, a chance to have a say. Um, but yeah, look, a, a bit of a bit of a rough one there for Simon Bridges. Um, and obviously, though, it's exacerbated by the fact that his original stance um, when he came out um, pretty much um, saying, you know, the government was focusing more on beneficiaries than businesses. Um, that wasn't a good platform to start on. And then so um, I think people also remembering that when, they, when they're looking at his latest stuff. Good, good for the um, public to be able to take out their anger on someone other than the political reporters at the daily press conferences, though, I thought. Yes, absolutely. And... and um, <laughs> So, so, hey, Parliament away. is also going to um, come back s sort of somewhat um, under, under Level 3. How's it going to look? Shall we just touch on this really briefly? Um, we just got a note about that um, 33 MPs will be allowed back in the debating chamber. We're not going to have the traditional bridge run and caucus run where we can question the MPs. We might do that in a sort of um, more conference style um, type of thing. So we'll, the MPs will be back, but smaller numbers, there'll be um, a lot more virtual meetings, things like that. So, but I think for us, you know, 33 MPs is better than none, so we'll take it. Or oh, better than the one we normally get each day, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes as a treat, Grant Robertson. Yes. For variety. <laughs> I'll be interviewing him today. <laughs> <laughs> So this was One News Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering here on One News um, as we head towards this year's general election, we hope. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, and it's available around this time each week on One News Online, and you can also check us out on your favourite podcasting app. See you guys.